Good morning, coaches. Brian Blackburn here with the Pound the Rock podcast. Our guest today is Coach Ty Harrelson from Wayland Baptist University. Wayland Baptist won the conference tournament or conference championships in 2015 and 2016. Uh, Coach Harrelson has a great background in basketball, not just coaching, but also playing. And uh, we're happy to have him as a guest this morning. As always, we want to thank our sponsors through hardwoodtexas.com. We have Huddle, Waterboard Graphics, Scholastic Steel, Jeremy Thomas, Allstate Agency, as well as Tumbleweed Textiles. Coach Harrelson, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you very much for having me. Well, let's let's jump right in. I want to talk a little bit about uh, your, your background, first as a player and uh, some of the cool places that you've had a chance to play, as well as uh, your coaching background. So go ahead and just tell us a little bit about that. All right. Um, so I, I took the job here in 2015. I'm a I'm a Wayland Baptist graduate. Uh, finished in 2003. Um, I'm a Texas guy. My family's from Texas. My dad My dad was a basketball coach, so uh, I grew up around the game. He was the head women's coach at West Virginia University uh, from 1985 to 1995, and took a couple teams to the Sweet 16. And then moved back to Texas when I was in high school to be closer to family. So uh, I played at Sonora High School for three years, and then I graduated from Wichita Falls Rider. Uh, after my playing career at Wayland Baptist, uh, I was able to go overseas and, and play for seven years in Europe. And then my last five uh, were in uh, were in Australia, where I also got into coaching. Very cool. So. Now, yeah, yeah, you you got to scout a little bit, right? For uh, for one of the Australian teams, was it the, the Olympic team or? Yeah, that's correct. I, I was I was lucky enough to uh, I was in Western Australia, so I was in the Perth area, which is where uh, Luke Longley, the former center for for uh, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, uh, it's where he's from. And uh, his kids were involved in a club that I was playing for, and. Uh, uh, had a really had a basketball relationship with him where we we started kind of with grassroots and helping coaches uh who were new to basketball coach their kids and that developed into um into an opportunity with Australian national team because Luke Longley's an assistant coach right. so uh during the World University Games in 2015 I was a I was a uh, a scout for for them for uh, for the national team and then um, that carried over to the Rio Olympics last year and uh, we you know the Australian national team had a chance to win a win a bronze medal and lost to Spain in the, in the final second so it was a little bit disappointing but it was a great experience for me yeah how has uh, how has your Euro- European and Australian uh, playing career and then and then coaching and scouting how has that kind of carried over into what you do with your program uh, I always tell everybody, I, I tried to, you know, I've had several coaches over the years and different styles, uh, traveling all over the world and playing. I've tried to take the, you know, the things that I enjoyed the most as a player and, and carry those into my coaching. And, uh, you know, we want the guys to have a enjoyable experience. We try to play a fun style and basically I've just developed that from, from the coaches that I've had all over the world, basically. Yeah, so uh, you know, just seeing Australia play and knowing what they do, you know, a lot of pick and roll, you know, shoot threes, you know, kind of transition type offense. Is that is that what you're referring to there? Yeah, absolutely. We 
we take a lot of that and we try to um we also I try to give it a little bit of a European uh European flavor as well but we our main goal is to try to get the ball into the key yeah. uh, offensively push it in transition and and score as many points as possible um I think 2 years ago we were second in the nation we averaged 95 points a game and last year we averaged around 89 or somewhere in there and uh, we're in the we're in the top top 10 in the nation in scoring so um I, I enjoy the I enjoy the fast pace and and getting a lot of shots up and and that's kind of how we play offense. Yeah, that's that's that that is a lot of fun for the players. You know, I think there's a lot to be said for a coach to kind of think like a player and then we you know, we kind of in turn want the players to to think like coaches sometimes in regards to how many minutes they should be playing or uh you know, what we want them to do defensively, but I think there's a there's a little bit of merit to coaches thinking like players too. What what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, yes. Uh, I mean, I have I have a little guy from from El Paso. He's about five foot six and came here as a walk on. And uh, in terms of players thinking like coaches, he, he's a coach on the floor, and uh, he can play for us because he's so smart. So um, you know when, when we have when we have players like that, I think it was also part of the reason I was able to play overseas for so long, and the fact that I was an All American. I wasn't very fast, uh, but I understood the game, and I was as a player, I was always trying to be an extension of the coach on the court. I wanted to know what he wanted and and to be able to do it. And kids kids who do that for me are very successful. And um, you know, I coached three years of professional basketball in Australia, and it was the same there. The, the guys who understood what what we wanted to get accomplished were the guys that I trusted to have on the court and usually the most successful. So, yeah. No, that's um, that's a great thought. And you know, uh it's it's interesting that you said even professionals are like that. And as a high school coach, I want players like that. As a college coach, you want players like that. And so I think that's maybe one of the characteristics that will make a player successful is kind of thinking like a coach. What are some other things as far as uh, characteristics of a player that you look forward to, to that may be successful in your program? Besides the obvious, you know, can, you know, really good athlete, can score it. What are some of those intangibles that you're looking for? Well, one of the first things we always look for is, is a, in terms of high school players is, well, and, and if we, and if we're looking at a, like a junior college transfer or something like that, we, we want to know how the relationship is with their coach. And, uh, that that's really the most important thing. If their coach can't, if your coach can't recommend you, we're probably not going to recruit you. Right. Um, and we we don't care how good you are. Um, I think Popovich has a you know he kind of goes with the culture. We don't care how good you are if you don't fit in with with what we're trying to do. Uh, it's not going to work. And um, that's Greg Popovich of the Spurs. So. Right. You know, and he's he's won multiple championships, kind of with that philosophy. So it's the same. It's the same for us when we recruit players. Um, we're looking for we're looking for guys with high character, uh, good you know, good grades. Um, if you don't have good grades, you know, are you trying are you trying your best uh, kind of deal? Um, you know, there's requirements to get into colleges, so. ACT and SAT scores are important, but in terms in terms of culture, you know how you treat your family, if you get along with your teammates, how you behave during your games. Those are those are really intangibles that that we have to have 
in order to recruit someone. Yeah, that that's really good. You talked a little bit about culture. You know what's uh, you know what's your team culture built on, and we talked about offensive philosophy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your defensive philosophy as well? Okay, I'll, I'll go over the culture real quick. Yeah. Um, we 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 have a goal to uh, as a as a team get a, at least a three GPA every year, and uh, my first two seasons here, our guys have had a three point three nine or so, and, and above a three point zero the second year. So both years we've had the highest GPA in our conference, which which we're proud of, and um, and and we let our guys know. Very few players, in fact, none from Wayland have gone to the NBA. So that that degree <laughs> is very important. We 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 are producing some international talent, um, but when they're done playing overseas, they need to be they need to have the degree. So uh, the, the classroom is very important to us. And uh, the the next thing, you know, it's 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 really little things like being on time to everything, going to class. Um, being respectful. Uh, my grandfather was military. My dad had a little bit of it in him, and I think I carried over as well. So we tuck in our shirts. You know, we don't wear our hats inside. Um, we say yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and and uh, a little bit traditional in those ways. So yeah. um, culturally, we're we're trying to you know we're trying to. We're trying to influence our guys and prepare them for the future after basketball. Yeah, that's really good. All uh, that off-court off stuff, discipline-wise, it, it can't help but carry over onto the court. You know, if you're going to be that disciplined off the court, then uh, there's a chance that your team, a really good chance that your team will be that disciplined on the court. And so that's that's some great stuff. Right. Um, and to answer the question about defense. Uh, I go back to, to the Australian national team and um, meetings with their coaches, and, and what we're really trying to do is disrupt. Uh, we don't want the other team to settle into an offense. We try to get the ball out of their point guard's hands. Uh, we'll do that with with pressing, whether it's man or zone, um, and we'll we'll switch up. We have we play full court press. We play half court traps. We we really do a little bit of everything to try to just mix it up and never let the other team get comfortable in an offense. Yeah. And, um, and so that, re- really, really, the whole philosophy is disruption. Sure, and that 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 matches perfectly with what you're doing offensively, right? I mean, they kind of coordinate. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if we disrupt them, if we if we get the tempo up. If they don't settle into an offense, we're creating extra possessions. Yeah. So uh, you know, and that's what we want. We want we want the extra possessions so we have a chance to score. Um, it, you know, we, we do give up baskets at times. We, we try not to. We try to limit that. <laughs> but um, if they score, we're, we're getting out. Of, we're going to get it out of the net quick and and push it back down the court again. So, uh, but I'm 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 I really we'll run a triangle and. Two, we'll run a, a diamond and one. We'll run a. We, I, my my favorite defense that we run is uh, something that I took from a former coach at Colorado State, and it's a matchup zone. Uh, we we start in a full court press. We drop into a matchup zone. Yeah, is it? And, uh, is it like really, a one one three or is it a two three? What kind of matchup? Or do you run one two two? 
<clears throat> we usually go from a two two one and we drop into I call it a thirty we call it a thirty three defense. So it's it it starts out like a one one it kinda drops into one one three. Yeah. Um where our where our two guards are our two guard, we have a guard on the ball and then a guard kind of at the free throw line. Yeah, that tandem that and tandem our, look. That's yes, nice. yes. Right. And so and we do some long slides with our forwards out of that and we really try to pressure the ball. Yeah. That's that sounds uh, just as a coach like I'm I'm disrupted just hearing all those defenses because as a coach I'm thinking like all right my offense is going to have to run this 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 and this my guys are going to be thinking so much we're going to be moving so slow because we're thinking so much to figure out ways to score on all these different defenses I I can imagine that's you know that's definitely a dilemma for the for the opposition so that's pretty cool right stuff it's uh it's good and it's bad because I, I don't know if we're a master of any of our defenses, but we will throw them at you and, and we try to master them to, to the best of our ability. But sometimes a team that just masters man to man defense is just as hard to score on. But um we, I don't know that we've ma- when, when we master them all, we're going to be really hard to score on, and we're <laughs> going to create a lot of extra opportunities. So. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you've mastered your your offensive philosophy, obviously, in regards to your defense, just kind of complementing that. Maybe if you're scoring 94 right. points a game, you don't have to be uh, defensive juggernauts. So, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Really, really good. Stuff. And that's another thing. <laughs> When we recruit, uh, obviously, you know, we're a smaller, you know, we pride ourselves. We want to be the best small college program in the country, and that's on and off the court. Um, and it's, it's, I don't think that's totally based off of championships, but one thing that we, one thing that we do try to do is, or with our offensive philosophy, we got to have guys who can shoot the ball. And I'm not talking about just shooting the ball, but actually making shots. And uh, I think that's something that's missed in a lot of a lot of college basketball these days. Um, coaches tend to recruit great athletes, and uh, and we pass up on on guys who can really score and shoot the ball. So if there's any high school kids out there listening, uh, make sure you're working on your shot and getting up a getting up a lot of shots every every day. And uh, sometimes that's lonely because everybody else is going out to the movies or going to do something uh, socially and and you got to be in the gym. Yeah, we want uh, shot makers, not shot takers, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about that that commitment that it takes to be a great shooter. Uh, I plan on having Phil Forte on, on the podcast. I coached Phil at Marcus his senior year, and one thing one thing with Phil and his shot was he knew that he was going to have to shoot a jump shot once he got to college. And so between his junior and senior year, and even during his senior year. We had to change him from a set shot to a to a jump shot, and you want to talk about a guy who had been super successful as a shooter uh, at the high school level, and was so frustrated his senior year because his shot his shooting percentage was down, but because of his work ethic and that time commitment, if you teach Phil you know something footwork wise with a jump shot, he was going to have it mastered within a week, and you know right. he still it was just kind of cool. He was still, you know, would still spend time, you know, with his friends. He had, you know, a, you know, a really pretty girlfriend, you know, all those things. But it was the 30 minutes before school and the 45 minutes after practice. And that added up, you right. know, when you're doing that seven days a week, it, it adds up. And so, you know, 
you guys that are that are players that may be listening or coaches who have players, it's not two hours a day. It's thirty minutes before school. It's forty five minutes after school. It's and it's just over time. And I think that's kind of the the way that a player should approach it. How did you approach it as a player in regards to that, you know, those unseen hours, that extra time that you put in? Uh, I mean, I would probably be very similar. Um, I, I found myself in the gym a lot and that was, uh, you know, just, just on my own working on the, working on my form and my shooting and, and my moves, um, my offensive moves and ball handling skills. Uh, you know, we, we have guys here who come in and they, you know, they're still shooting with their thumb and stuff like that. And we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get, work some of those kinks out, um, to make them as pure shooter as possible. Again, for the, the kids that are listening, I mean, there's great videos that you can look on YouTube just about form shooting and proper technique. And if you can carry those and try to mimic them, uh, you're going to become a better, a better basketball player. Yeah. Uh, I, again, if I had friends that, that I could get to go to the gym with me, we would go. And um, I think I think I was able to balance out. I was I was able to balance out the sh- social life. But it, you know, there are times when when you're when you're in the gym and you feel like you're missing out on things. But I, at the time, I didn't worry about it. For me, it was about earning a scholarship to to get my university paid for, and then. Over time, as I as I got older in my college career, I realized there might be an opportunity to continue playing. Yeah. So, um, I was I think I was very fortunate, but I also put in the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any coincidences when it comes to player success, especially at the college level. Um, you know, one thing that uh, that I thought of when when you were talking about that is uh, Steve Alford. You know, his his girlfriend at the time, and then now is his wife she would always rebound for him. So if you have that going for you, if you can get your girlfriend or your or your wife to uh to or fiance or whoever to rebound for you when you're a player, then you've got the best of both worlds. It's like going on a date in your mind. Obviously your your right. your girlfriend probably doesn't think that way, but uh but <laughs> as as a player, right. I'm like, "Hey, you know, and there's times still as a coach like I get that itch to just go shoot around and I'm like, "All right, Tell my wife uh, we're just going to go to the gym for thirty minutes, and she'll rebound for me, and I can get you know I can get I can get some shots up. So uh, I think uh, you get Absolutely. the get the best of both worlds there. What's uh, what's right. some of the the best advice that you've received as a coach? Oh gosh, that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, I don't. I, I think you know Harley Harley Redden is the. Former Flying Queens uh, here at Wayland Bowser. He's actually my neighbor, so I've spent a lot of time the last last year or so visiting with him and asking him how he did things. And he, you know, he he says it's still he still think you know he still watches basketball on TV and he still thinks the game really the really successful players are, are the ones with the fundamentals. Um, so you know the, the the being able to take care of the basketball and handle the basketball, you see a lot of. Uh, the successful players in the NBA and, and, and major college basketball, a lot of them are big guys who have great ball skills. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I feel like we know the, we know that the guards can play and, um, and can usually handle the ball. But, uh, for me, I think when coach, Red, when coach Redden said, make sure your players know the fundamentals, I think that really hit home where we work on, we work on the guys handling the basketballs. I used to watch the Pete Maravich, um, you know, the pistol, uh, 
homework basketball. Um, if they have a great feel for the ball and they can handle it, they can find ways to get open. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I think defense, uh, the best defensive advice I've, I've kind of received is um, basically anybody can play defense if they'll put their mind to it. So we feel like we can teach guys to play, um, <clears throat> to play defense, but, um, I've got a little. I've kind of. I kind of try to follow everything that Coach K does at Duke, and um, we try to just be very straightforward with our players. It's going to be brutally honest. You know, we don't like selfish players, soft players, lazy players, too cool players. I mean, when we we go ahead and we talk to them about those things. Um, don't care. Don't care too much. Uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Don't care too much about guys who only worry about their stats you know it's a, it's a team game and always will be in my opinion yeah that's really good coach hey thanks thanks for being with us today is there is there anything that uh you know about your program that you want to talk about before before we let you go anything about Wayland Baptist anything about your upcoming season that you want to kind of fill fill our audience in on sure well we're, we're a member of the Sooner Athletic Conference in the last two years a team from our conference has won the national championship um which means for small college basketball, we think it's we think it's the best conference in the nation. Um, it's it's high level, uh, although it's a small college, and we do have scholarships. Um, we do compete with NCAA Division two schools. Uh, we have a couple of Division one schools this year. We play at Rice early in the year in November. Um, so it is good basketball last year. We, we beat the national champions and we also beat an elite eight team in, in NCAA division two. Uh, so that's kind of the level of basketball that you're looking at with Wayland. Um, if anybody's ever interested, feel free to reach out to us or if there's any high school coaches that are listening, uh, we're available and feel free to contact us. If you have somebody that you might think fits our program. Good stuff, Coach. Hey, thanks, thanks for joining us today. That was perfect. Thank you very much for having me.